Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, October 20, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We're going to look at both sides of the tape using a variety of different charts. We're going to look at the bull case. We're going to look at the bear case. We're going to look at time because time is more important than price. And we're going to look at it under more than one condition. So looking at the daily chart, what's jumping off the page? Well, right now we have the same or similar to what we had yesterday. They made a high. They're in a pullback formation during options expiration week. They're pulling back to make everybody think the market is failing. This is the bull case. The bull case is after the reversal candle last week, they made a high. So we've got that A leg up, the B leg of a pullback. They're going to defend the low and they're going to have another rally leg at least into that 385 price, maybe slightly higher, like into the 390 and change into the convergence of these moving averages. Where they are at the time remains a little bit of a moving target, but that's the concept from the bullish standpoint. That's the bull case. Okay, that's fine. That's the daily chart. What we now have to do is we have to look at all the other charts in terms of the bull case, and we have to see which chart is confirming and which chart is not necessarily confirming the same story as the daily chart from a bull case perspective. And by the way, let's go over something else while we're on the daily chart. Why is there a bull case on the daily chart specifically? And why is there not a bear case on the daily chart? Well, we didn't say there wasn't a bear case on the daily chart. However, in the big scheme of things, there really isn't. So here's what happened. They made a low on some pretty decent volume. They had a nice, big, juicy reversal candle. It's one of the largest candles on the screen. When you go back in time and you look for other candles like that, you look for candles that had the same characteristics and you don't see that many. So there has to be some meaning to the fact that we had a nice, big, juicy, bullish candle. So we have to assume there was at least some institutional participation. Therefore, there's going to be some defense sent out on the field if in fact they're getting much lower and for argument's sake we can just say hey 360 is a pretty good line in the sand if they start getting below the big fat round number of 360 what happens well all of a sudden we have to take into account the shenanigans tail candle that was there that where does that go it goes to about 357 if i remember correctly and then If they get below this low, 348.11, then the door opens for the completion of the head and shoulders pattern and potentially more on the downside. That's a real time type of thing. But the setup is still the ABC type of situation. Now, we know the larger trend is down. That's why we have to look at other charts. Let's go up a notch. We're looking at the weekly chart. So they came into the weekly chart, 200 period moving average. They bounced off of it. But essentially what they're really doing is even though they've been trading in a range, they're still making some kind of a bearish pattern down in this neck of the woods until that's broken. And we could say that that really isn't broken 
until they start getting above the 20 period moving average. It may be broken before they get to the 20 period moving average up here at about 388, but nevertheless, I'm not necessarily going to be convinced until they start getting above and trading above that price area. So when you look at the weekly chart, do you look at it and say, oh yeah, this is bullish. We can see a pullback pattern. We could see another pop higher, whether it's tomorrow or into next week or whenever. We can see that on the weekly chart. And the answer is no, we really can't say that. What we see is hovering near the lows in a range, eating time off the clock. I would say the 200 period moving average is acting more magnetic of sorts over the last several weeks than anything else. So that's what I see on the weekly chart. What do we see on the monthly chart? Well, we finally came into spike through and bounced off of the 50 month moving average. Okay, fair enough. That's an important place. A lot of people who are people, institutional people, traders, investors, money managers, hedge fund managers, mutual fund managers, pension fund managers, all that stuff, they do pay attention to longer term moving averages. Now, I can't say who bought, who didn't, who's in, who's out relative to the 50 month moving average. But what I can say is it's not a surprise that we got to bounce off of that moving average coinciding with the big fat round number 350, they spike it, they bounce off it, all that stuff. We talked about that price and the 50-month moving average several times. In a monthly world, we also have an on-time type of situation. We also have a situation, and this isn't new, this has been going on for a couple of months, but we have a situation where they've now come in to check in at, run a test of, a former breakout area. Now, there are other breakout areas. We can use this one as well, which they have yet to reach. That coincides more closely with the head and shoulders pattern target, downside target. And if they're down there, they would be coming into, or at least in the neighborhood of, this breakup candle low. That's an important place here on the monthly chart as well. These are long-term charts. They take a long time to develop. There's nothing that says the market can't come down still yet this month or next month. And we know we have that tinfoil hat conspiracy theory 2.0 situation going on where I can't unknow the information I know. So I'm really being patient around this weekend leading into the tinfoil hat event, which is Tuesday and the eclipse. If we have some kind of a low or a high or nothing happens, I'll make the determination at the time, but I'm not going to step in front of something knowing that information is in my mind. That wouldn't be the prudent thing to do. I'm not trading it. That's like taking one of the long shots saying, hey, I'm going to bet on the long shot 200 to one horse. You can put 50 bucks on it if you want, but it's not a tradable situation. This is information I'm bringing to the forefront so that you have it. So let's now backtrack. We'll work backwards and say monthly chart could be into an important zone. It's in an on-time type of situation. They still can't get below on a closing basis yet the most recent former breakout area. Just to refresh us, we're talking about this one here. That one always coincided, or at least for a long time, 
coincided with the general area of the 50 period moving average. So this definitely is a spot to watch. This is a spot we talk about depending on what chart it is. It's the setup we look for. It's on time into an important spot for a number of reasons. You could make a case from a monthly chart perspective, we have a full stack situation poised for nice bounce for a month or two. What happens if they put in a sign or signal on this monthly chart by the end of October? That is certainly a possibility. We're watching. It's a monthly chart. Doesn't really take hold. Can't make the assessment until the month closes. Weekly chart. We can't really say the same thing about the weekly chart. In our book, in my book, the weekly chart really is more bearish then it's bullish. And by the way, even getting above this high here, that was a failure point. The high is 379.46. For rounding purposes, we'll call it 380. That should be a pretty good signal that they're on their way to a more important spot. They're not there now, but this is the analysis of the weekly chart. Should they get up there? Net net, if I had to pick a side, the weekly chart is a bearish setup. And the daily chart we went over before, we would have to give that the bullish nod, at least for the short term. 240 chart, bullish or bearish? Now we're even compressing down to a shorter time frame. Again, as long as they stay above this low here, 363.97, we're calling it 364, then this is really just eating time off the clock, building energy for a secondary move higher. However, if they start getting below from an intraday perspective, 364, they start closing candles below, hourly below, then you're going to find the market filling the gap. Then they're going to be running a test of the shenanigans tail candle low around 357. It's one step at a time, one candle at a time. Each action requires an analysis and potential reaction. By the way, back to the daily chart. Can we make a case that this is a head and shoulders formation on the daily chart? You have a left shoulder, and this is an inverse head and shoulders formation. You have the head, and now you have a neckline. This is not an active head and shoulders formation, but if they start pushing and closing daily above this neckline, that's going to activate what? Another leg higher. To where? Well, if this one played out, the target would be close to 400. I'm not saying that will happen. I'm not saying this is a head and shoulders pattern that will play out. I'm saying on the chart, you can make a case there's a head and shoulders inverse head and shoulders pattern. And if it plays out, the target is certainly higher than the 385, 386. It's higher than the moving averages. And we're doing the chart analysis being the umpire calling balls and strikes. If it's there, we can chat about it. Anything different on the 120 chart? Not so much. Again, 364 is the bogey. Below 364, things change from a structural formation. Hourly chart, same routine. Now, let me make mention of something relative to 364. Now, that's an important spot. It's the breakup candle low. It's the gateway to no man's land and to the gap and the 357, all that stuff. So the question you have to ask is, how come they didn't touch it today? How come they didn't run a test today? Are they waiting to gap below it? 
or are they going to leave it alone and actually go higher tomorrow and into next week? All those things are possible. We don't know, but it's interesting to think about why didn't they run the test today in the afternoon when they had the chance? And they certainly had the chance. There are no accidents or coincidences. For them to go down another 50 or 60 cents, they could have certainly done that. Let's take note of one more thing. On the 18th, two days ago, Tuesday, the market gaps higher and it sells off. Then yesterday, the market opens, runs up, stalls out, and trades lower for the rest of the day. Today, the market runs up and trades lower for the rest of the day. So this is what's called two things. Number one, options expiration week, weird stuff happens, maybe it's nothing. The other thing is, it's institutional distribution. What is institutional distribution? It's when the market pops up, being driven up by a mysterious force, and then all of a sudden, the market comes right back down, giving somebody a chance to sell into the strength, because that is what happened. The only way the market came back down is for the money flow out of the market. The only way for the market to go in is for the money flow in the market. Now, it's unlikely that the money flowed in and out by the same set of group of people. Generally speaking, it's one group sending it up and another group sending it down. The group that sent it up generally gets a pie in the face. Unless they were sellers along the way, treated as a business, and top-ticked the market. And I say all that tongue-in-cheek, but you understand the concept. It's institutional distribution. The market goes up early, and it trickles down the rest of the day. That's a classic sign. It's a beware type of sign. Could be nothing. Could be just options, expiration, weird stuff happens stuff. Awareness. Let's go over inside the numbers. We're really not going to circle back to stocks on the move because somehow nothing hit its number. We had a pretty healthy list. This one opened below Danaher and then it shot up like a rocket. Tesla came close. It came within, I think, 50 cents or so, 60 cents. That was it. That happens. However, we have a long road ahead this earnings season. Have no fear. It will be a bonanza as it always is. There'll be plenty of days where we get plenty of opportunity. Overnight crew ran a test of yesterday's low. No big deal. They do that all the time. Here's what's important. 369.40 is important above, and the door opens for another attempt at 372. We think better in pictures, so let's start here. Right at the vertical is today's activity, SPY five-minute chart. 369.40 is this horizontal line in the middle, and this upper one is 372. You can see what happened. So they were lower earlier. We'll get to that in a few minutes. They ran up to run a test at 369.40. Took them a little while to get through it. Once they decided to get through it, where did they go? Right to 372. 372 was important yesterday. It was a rejection point. It was important today. It was a rejection point. It's an important spot. It's also the gateway for another 20 handles higher minimum in the S&P. Big picture early in the morning, yesterday's low was 365.55. That's the gateway to 364. Now, they got below this, but they never got to this. They should have got to that. Why didn't they? Interesting question. Let's move along, see what else we have. 921, pre-opening bell, before they're open for business. 
367.85 down to 367.25 is a zone of support. Back to thinking in pictures. 367.85 down to 367.25 is a zone of support. So that remember, they opened to the right of this line, they came down into the zone, and then they rallied up, stopped for a moment at the former pivot from yesterday, 369.40, thought about it for about 15, 20 minutes, and then proceeded on forward. That was 921 before the opening bell. What more can you be looking for? You see this stuff go on each and every day. I'm not going to belabor you with the rest of the notes. If you're interested, read them, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. There's plenty of stuff in here. If you're an intraday trader, it behooves you to see what this does, see what it can do for you during the trading day. It is your tour guide information. We're in it for a specific thing or two or three. Here's the crux of it. 80% of the time, this is what we're going to get and what we're looking for. We're going to get one or two S&P morning trades. We're going to get one to three stock on the move type of trades. So morning business, you pack your stuff, you go about your day. 80% of the time, even 85 or 90% of the time, the total business is done in the morning session. Be a 90-minute trader. Just to take a look at a couple of the charts, Danaher, it opened below, it ripped up, too bad. Tesla made its low at 202 even. Our number was like 201.40 or 60 or something down there. It's peeking out, I can't see it. That one, I have to tell you, was a heartbreaker. I was absolutely locked and loaded. What's going on over at Camp IWM? Any new information? Not really, it's the same setup, it's the same stuff that we went over from a short-term perspective, certainly daily chart perspective on the SPY. You have the same ABC routine working, A, B, potential C, we don't know, but that's the pattern, that's the setup. You do not, and I repeat, do not have the same opportunity for the head and shoulders, a reverse head and shoulders pattern. Why is that? Because this line goes the wrong way. If you want to learn more about how this works, Lazy E-mini Trader, I teach it in the course. What's the weekly chart of Camp IWM saying? Well, it's even more bearish than the other one. Below all the moving averages, making a bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of thing, they tried a couple of times to run a test in the neighborhood of the breakdown candle high, the most recent one, this one over here, the high is all the way up at 181 and change. They got to a high of 177.29. They couldn't even get there. They couldn't even get to the convergence of moving averages. That's interesting. It's a bearish, flaggish kind of thing going on. We got a bear box on our hands. There's your bear box. Above those moving averages, things will change. Staying below them, and they will not. Staying with the weekly concept for a moment, the folks down at the transportation department look very similar to Camp IWM. My number one and number two favorite market-leading indicators, they look very similar on the charts in terms of the bearish, weekly, wedgish, flaggish kind of thing hovering around that 200-period moving average. Why haven't they been able to find support and bounce away? They're hovering. Why is that? Is the destination somewhere lower? Weekly chart is bearish. 
Daily chart was looking good for a while. Now they're breaking down. All of a sudden, back below that 20-period moving average begins to change the look of the daily chart and what we've been discussing. They tried to run a breakout operation the other day, tried to get above the high, couldn't do it. Instead of going sideways, they've fallen away. That's a bearish thing going on. The Q people, it's kind of a tweener. It's not so bullish as some of the others, and it's not quite as bearish as some of the others. From a weekly chart perspective, it is bearish below all the moving averages. Can't get back above that 200-week moving average. Until they do, no dice whatsoever. Weak, below the moving averages, the trend is your friend, the trend is securely down, it is what it is. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, Generally speaking, you've got a duck on your hands. Weekly financials, XLF, bearish yet again until they can bust above the most recent breakdown candle high, which coincides in the neighborhood of the 20-period moving average, 32.50, 32.60, until they can start closing weekly above that price. This is the weekly chart. Weekly above that price, there is absolutely no dice. Daily chart? You can have one of our A, B, and potential Cs unless they break down. Right now, they've come back to run a test of the 20-period moving average on the daily chart. Period. Full stop. No inverse head and shoulders pattern. Neckline sloping incorrectly. Lazy e-mini trader. Two days in a row, we have an update for Smash Mouth. Interesting yet Still bearish on the chart. Now, from a short-term perspective, you can have another leg higher, certainly. You have the reversal. They're eating time off the clock. That's okay. The bulls still have a chance to try and get into and above the 20-period moving average on the daily chart. If they do, it's up to 190 and possibly higher. The higher would be 195, trying to get into no man's land, and then you have a gap that comes in at 200 and change. Longer time frame, more important time frame, weekly chart until you get back above the last line of defense in terms of moving average defense, 200 period moving average in this case. Until you get back above there, there is absolutely no dice. And we keep saying what we've been saying. All these bounces are bounces in a downtrend until proven otherwise. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.